Good morning, everyone. You are listening to the podcast, The Leaves for a Victim Nevermore, with Stephen Wilson. I am Stephen Wilson, and I am a drug addict in recovery, and I am a survivor of childhood sex abuse. This podcast is meant for those people that identify as victims of abuse or addiction. The podcast itself is a form of therapy, as I am in group therapy and Narcotics Anonymous. And if you've been listening, I always start the show with a poem. And this time we're going to go back to Walt Whitman, Song of Myself, The Leaves of Grass. What goes there, hankering, gross, mystical, nude? How is it I extract strength from the beef I eat? What is a man anyhow? What am I? What are you? All I mark as my own, you shall offset it with your own, else it were time lost listening to me. I do not snivel that snivel the world over that months are vacuums in the ground but wallow in filth. That life is a suck in a cell and nothing remains at the end but threadbare crepe and tears. Whimpering in truckling fold with powders for invalids, conformity goes to the fourth removed. I cock my hat as I please indoors or out. Shall I pray? Shall I venerate and become ceremonious? I have pried through the strata and analyzed to a hair, and counseled with doctors and calculated close, and found no sweeter fat that sticks to my own bones. And all the people I see myself, none more, not one, a barley corn less, and the good or bad I say of myself, I say of them. And I know I am solid and sound. To me, the converging objects of the universe perpetually flow. All are written to me, and I must get with them writing what it means. And I know that I am deathless. I know this orbit of mine cannot be swept by a carpenter's compass. I know I shall not pass like a child's curlicue cut with a burnt stick at night. I know that I am August. I do not trouble my spirit to vindicate itself or be understood. I see that the elementary laws never apologize. I reckon I behave no prouder than the level I plant my house by after all. I exist as I am. That is enough. If no other in the world be aware, I sit content. And if each and all aware, sit content. One world is aware, and by far the largest to me, and that is myself. And whether I come to my own today, or in 10,000 or 10 million years, I I can cheerfully take it now, or with equal cheerfulness, I can wait. My foothold is tendoned and mortised and granite. I laugh at what you call a dissolution, and I know the amplitude of time.
That was Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, section 20, and Song of Myself. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Walt Whitman, and the first three editions are by far, to me, the most important. But Walt Whitman was relevant today in regards to some of the discussions we had this past week in group. And the topic of today's show is about change. And the moderator came up with, again, the ability to point out different definitions of change. And of uh, they did have access to the things in medical and the things in philosophical. But one of them was alter in condition. Another was substitute for. Another was put on other clothes. Alteration. Substitution. A novelty. Coins of low value. Now it has become apparent to me that in the past few weeks, the topics of discussions are more philosophical, they're more existential. And although there's nothing wrong with trying to get to the, the higher levels of your own self-consciousness, being self-aware, that comes with a, a price. And that price is when you come to the conclusion, what exactly do you do with the conclusion? Because as the Greek philosophers made clear, there is no reason for you to ask a question if you are not going to act on the answer. And so for someone that is a drug addict, for someone that has been victimized, traumatized as a child, being raped, being molested, being abused, how does one do that? How does one change? You can't substitute yourself. For me, I started talking about the schism that took place. I appeared to have just one body, but my mind fractured. During the rape, when the teacher was molesting me, my body was there, but my mind had to go somewhere else. And even though the mental health team, the therapists, one by one kept telling me that that really is natural. It's a defense mechanism. The brain is trying to protect you. But it's going to be up to you if you wish to remain a victim. And this is where I disagree. Because inherently, I don't think people can change permanently. I think people can change momentarily. I think your, your sexuality when you go into prison 
is going to change. A heterosexual becomes a homosexual just because they have no access to the opposite sex. You're out at sea. You become celibate. There are many environmental or external triggers that force us to alter what would have been natural behavior. But when one of the one of the things the moderator said was that change it is timeless. Change, like Walt Whitman mentioned, is deathless. What you are now doesn't have to die if you decide to go into something else. But when you start talking about change and you start talking about the game of life, if for any reason, like myself, living a double life, when you put on the costume, when you decide to go into the party and you want to stay, and you just want to have a great time. You want to stay high. You want to go from lover to lover to lover. Everything works as long as you're in costume. Because you've changed into something else, although it is just a pair of clothing, although it is just a costume, although it is just a mask, you have changed into something else. You can change in it whatever you wish. But what happens over a period of time? Once again, you find yourself dealing with the same thing that I have mentioned before. When you do take off that mask, when you find yourself in detox, you don't recognize yourself. The schism is manifested not just in the actions, but your appearance. Because when things went horribly wrong, you were just a child. Like for me, the teacher got to me in seventh grade, and it changed the course of my life. There is no control group where there is a Stephen Wilson that does not get raped, that does not get molested. So I have no idea what my life would have been like. But then there would have been no reason to change. Because you can't just stay a victim. And when I found out that drugs was a great way to become numb, I had become something else. I substituted one thing for another. Whiskey became LSD, LSD became weed, Garcia mushrooms, cocaine. And there were times in my life when it really didn't matter what I was putting up my nose or in my lungs or in my body. There were times that I'm sure that passers-by would have said that everything I was doing was self-destructive and reckless.
But Marcus Aurelius once asked, what is the nature of a thing? And I started talking about the idea that once you become a victim, you never stop being a victim. Obviously, members of the group, they had their own opinions about that. But as we are to deal in honesty and the way that we feel, it is the relationship that it always boils down to. It, 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 life is about relationships. Life is a zero-sum game. If somebody gains, somebody else has to lose. And if you lose your innocence, what did you gain? Well, you gained the, experiment, the experience of being a victim. All the pain and guilt and suffering, the humiliation. I have no idea how many children the teacher got to. But it does play back around because there are so many of us and every story is different. But that is the one thing that makes the group therapy work, that commonality. Every one of us, we know what it feels like to be violated. And so for us, the relationship is, well, it's almost raw. That's why we have to become numb. You go around the circle and each guy's got a problem with his sexuality, relationships, girlfriends, wives, lovers, co-workers, authority. Alcoholism, suicide, whole bag of horrors, and it's a big bag. And so when you, when you start going through what it is to be in a relationship with yourself, is it really that beneficial to be truthful? I mean, is it really that horrible, the idea that you come across somebody and they say, well, you know, you appear to be a phony. Well, yeah, because I'm pretending to be something else. I'm trying to be normal, but I'm not. If I told you what happened to me, you would just walk. You might even say you're sorry, but the fact is, is that you're glad it happened to me and not to you. Maybe you do wish it would never happen to anybody, but... It's that disconnect with the external. I don't want you people to understand what I went through in the way that would fundamentally make you understand how difficult it is to change. Going into detox, getting clean is not easy. Every single day that I wake up, I have a little voice in my head and it says, Stephen, just go in the bathroom like always, do a couple lines, and your day is going to be wonderful, I promise. And this time, you get to be in charge. I know it's all bullshit. I know it's an illusion. But I deal with it every morning. 
and the yoga and the meditation, going for a walk. Sometimes it helps, sometimes I just spend the whole day in bed. Sometimes I just cry. Because as an adult, being completely powerless, feeling that way about life makes it much easier to quit. You don't want to be a loser. Nobody wants to be duped. But every guy in that room went through the same thing that I did. And when somebody from the outside tells us that you can take that negative and make it a positive, that's just another psychological cliche. That's something that you put on the board. That's uh, something that you put at the top of paper. You can't double click on it, not in the real world. Because you can't stay in therapy. You can't stay in the detox center. You, you've got to go outside and live and there's going to be temptation. When I was in Arizona, going through detox, the time that actually worked, I stayed for a while. And I went out camping, vamping. Because it is in my connection to nature that I actually can find a little bit of harmony, a little bit of peace. But again, you can't just stay there. I cannot say for sure what kind of relationship that I have with myself. I want to believe that it is honest and true and pure. I want to believe that I know what I'm doing. I want to know that I am August. I want to know that I am deathless. I want to believe that I don't need a carpenter's compass to find my way. But if you're going to want me to change, something has to give. And for some of us, we carry it around a long time. Because for everybody, there is the real you, and then there is the you that you show the outside world, the, the one that you showed during the interview for your job, the one that you showed to the professors at school. And then there's the person that you are when you are alone. Everybody tries to tell themselves that that's the same person no matter what's happening, no matter what construct, no matter what environment, no matter what year. It is true, the human does mature. But uh, if you're going to go into physiology or biochemistry, the human brain does not fully develop until the ages of 32 to 35. And you think about how many decisions you made before 32 to 35. How many mistakes could have been avoided if you had just given your will to somebody else?
But in that relationship to yourself, you have to take full responsibility for what you've done. I can't keep blaming the teacher for my own drug use any more than I can blame what's happening in the world about the way that I sleep. I don't know what it is that you see in me when you look at me. Do you see strength? Do you see power? Or do you see the victim? Or do you see the survivor? Or do you see a phony? Am I still wearing a costume? Am I, am I still in the masquerade? The teacher is gone, and I'm no longer a child. I'm a grown man, and I have done many things, and I have caused a great deal of damage. And I have to own every one of those things. But I don't think that a person can change permanently. That's my opinion. We can change in the moment. We can change for a short duration, but eventually we're going to have to go back to the marrow, to the instinct, to the thing that we were meant to be. Regardless of what has happened, regardless of how we got to that point. Because you can't wear the costume forever. And if in your own life you have to sell it, you're assuming that there is somebody that wants to buy it. Will you take me as a victim or will you take me as a survivor? Will you listen to my story? Will you read my poem? Will you look upon my artwork? Will you tell me that you feel my pain? Will you offer me an apology and tell me how sorry you are about everything I've been through? The last year and a half has been a very difficult journey. And it is true that there are parts of me that have been substituted for others. I have altered my lifestyle, but I don't think that I have altered the trajectory of my life at all. Because I don't think people can change permanently into something better or worse. You're just going to be what you are. And that part of Song of Myself, Walt Whitman teaches us a truth about being a human. It is in the relationship with ourselves that the honesty plays the most important role. 
and being honest about what I am, what could have happened, it still brings me great sadness. The dark night comes in, the depression gets hold, and the storm never seems to lighten up, and the storm doesn't seem to keep moving, it just stays atop. And the rain is cold and the wind is strong, and every step with every breath is like a test. Because truthfully, life was a lot better when I was numb. Now that I feel everything, I feel every part of the storm. I feel every inch of the dark night. Maybe I have changed parts of my life. But I am standing behind myself, waiting for myself to turn around. Because I can't change what I am. You have been listening to the podcast for the leaves of a victim nevermore with Stephen Wilson. I am Stephen Wilson, and I hope that you can be a blessing to someone, and I hope that you find serenity.